0: So, guys, why did the Christian feel called to be a photographer? I don't know why. Because he was made in the image of God. <laughs> I
1: don't think I understand. Why was he called to be a photographer? Right.
0: <laughs> because he was made in the image of God.
1: No, I don't think that okay. makes sense.
0: Dang it. Oh, <laughs>
2: why you should have run this cold open well we were sitting there
0: we were sitting there for like 10 minutes trying to come up with something so that's all i got guys
1: that's it that's that's the best you're gonna get from us so i mean you could have made it like a conversation rather than a new like a one-line punch line you should have, it should have been like a uh what did one photographer say to the other you know kind of a kind of a deal how would that have made the joke any better what are you taking pictures of god and then he, he no, looks, that doesn't, he's mean, pictures that doesn't of... make pictures of no cuz then he would yeah. be taking pictures of
0: people and it would be mm-hmm. like ah
1: because they're See? in the image of god there, it's yeah. the image of god <laughs> or or, or uh, an evolutionist you feel t- like it's in some place, but... ta- it yeah. Yeah, yeah it is but uh, <laughs> okay i got a better one though I, I... <laughs> all right so so an evolutionist uh, asks a photographer Uh, for for a christian photographer for evidence of god and he shows him a picture of of himself he's like yo yo dude look that's still not funny it's just (laughs) it's not even really clever it's just kind of dumb
2: welcome to the christian order (laughs) (laughs)
0: christian
1: artists honoring through creativity my name is caleb my name is connor
2: and my name is carly
1: I, at first i didn't want to introduce myself because i realized <laughs> that now my reputation is flawed <laughs> uh yeah so we're here uh
0: once again with another episode of the christian artist and uh <laughs> apparently uh uh your your brother said that's a terrible photography pun and you're and your mom put it in chat so um yep he does photography
2: so mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, okay yep. that was for you that was for you buddy um so
1: <laughs> wow you really have it out against carly's brother <laughs> no
0: no it's fine so we're here of course once once again with bad puns and uh hopefully horrible, good theology
1: horrible cold opening oh man that
0: would be a really good tagline for a show um bad, bad puns and hopefully good theology <laughs> We're here with some bad puns and some hopefully good theology. We should make another podcast entitled Uh, that. I guess. I guess. (laughs) Bad puns, good theology. Entitled the image of God. Entitled the image of God. Yeah. It's a photography podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So what are we talking about today, guys? Why are we here?
2: anthropology thank
0: you (laughs) Why, why was there such a big pause there guys um yeah we're talking about anthropology the christian and anthropology now what is anthropology you may ask that's a word i've never heard before or even if i have heard it before i don't know what it means or i'm confused about what it means well don't worry listener we have you covered the word anthropology is the study of man and in this context we're going to be talking about basically the relationship between man and god so where where's man standing in comparison with god um in a theological sense who is man who is humankind um so there are a couple of points that i have kind of in mind that we're going to go through um where do you guys want to start
1: probably at the beginning
0: um all right cool uh in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and, and void and the spirit was hovering over the waters and i'm tr- running out of memorized verses <laughs> um yeah genesis obviously.
1: 127 god created man yeah, in his mm-hmm. image. exactly exactly in the image of himself he created them
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. so why is that important
0: what does it mean to be made in the image of god uh
1: so most people would say um, being made in the image of God means that you were a child of God, and that is a a very different thing. And uh, being made in the image of God just means that you have intrinsic value as a human being that God has created um, in His own likeness. Not that He, as God, has a physical body and looks like a human does, but we are created. with, with the, uh, the, the, likeness of God, for instance, uh, we, we instinctively know the difference between, um, right and wrong stuff like that. God has, has placed those qualities on us. Um, whereas an animal does not have any type of, um, moral conscience. And so humans and animals are distinctively different in that way. And that's because God has created us in his own likeness.
0: Mm
2: -hmm,
0: mm mm-hmm um and what does that likeness entail like what what attributes of god do we can we lay claim to what what are things about god that are also true about humans like what 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 about us is like god because you just said we're like we're like god we're creating his likeness but what parts of us are similar to god in that sense right like what 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 attributes do we inherit from our creator
1: in that sense
2: we're
1: creative beings. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. That's kind of the the basis of this podcast. Yeah, is we're we're creative beings, yeah. and we have been created.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Um. I think another one would be. Um, obviously, we have uh, a sense of morality that comes from our mm-hmm. our creator. Um, right. So we have intrinsic knowledge about what is right and wrong because of the person who created us, right. Because of God, um, because he, he instilled that within us and it's a reflection of God's own character. What is good and evil. And so we have some, some, uh, knowledge of, of that. Um, so I'm understanding of that though. Now that I'm thinking about it, did that just come from the knowledge of the tree of or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil?
1: Yes, actually I think it yeah. did because because uh God said now now uh, they are like us.
0: Oh yeah, 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 okay. I mean but I guess in in some ways that's still still a thing yeah. that we're still right, a similarity with God, with God. But it came about in a different process, yeah. Sure.
1: What else? I don't know. Nothing is coming to mind. Do you have anything, Kev?
0: I'm frantically looking up something real quick. Um, we have a will, right? Um, that doesn't mean we have a free will, um, right? Like that's unbound, but we have a will. We have desires, and we can act on those desires according to our will. Um, that's not a thing that that uh, animals can do. They they act purely on instinct. They can't like make decisions based on their desires they just do it um based on their animal instinct um we can make decisions uh in 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 terms of like uh we can choose between things that we want to do and that's also a thing that obviously god can do (laughs) except in a much more free manner because he has no external or internal fetters um that are holding him back
1: I mean, yeah, most of the things like like wisdom and and a a freer will stuff like that come from God intervening and even knowing evil came about by a different mean than God creating us like that. So yeah, um, I mean, we we also exhibit love, but the the type of love that we exhibit is not. A, a godly form of love now
0: yeah it was it, our... it, it was when adam and eve were created right um, but because of our fallen state, and yeah and, and that's that's obviously a thing we'll we'll have to get into um but right there's there's all sorts of things that um because of god's image in us that we we exhibit um and uh and that's why we have intrinsic value value and beauty is because we are made in god's image and we exhibit those characteristics that are characteristic of god and his nature um yeah
1: but i would like to specify again that that people who are made in the image of god are not children of god that first john makes it very clear that we are children of the devil children or yeah or children of wrath as ephesians 2 says yeah um we are we're uh, we're orphans
0: ultimately right of of uh because of sin
1: yeah Uh, we are enemies of god
0: Uh, yeah so obviously that's, uh, something
1: that's romans 510 by the way okay being enemies of god go ahead
0: uh i was just gonna say um and then obviously we need to get into then uh what changed about man yeah right um and then yeah however however we want to do this you think we make an outline, but, you know, that's not our style.
1: Oh, you have been making outlines since of recently. You didn't make an outline for this one?
0: Uh, I stole outlines. I didn't make them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I just confessed it over the live, uh, live internet. Yep,
0: that's fine.
2: He never claimed that they were his own.
1: I never claimed that they are mine. <laughs> yeah, actually, we also told them where the outline came from, so that yeah. too. Exactly. <laughs>
0: you know we we cited our sources yes um but right so so basically right we have uh a so there are three basic understandings of human nature now um that uh, people have believed over the centuries of church history first you have pelagius right who taught that human nature is not so corrupt that we cannot overcome sin so humans are basically good and, uh, you know, are just tempted and, and can fall fall away um, and, and can choose to overcome sin and, and uh, do all of those things. Um, and our meaning and understanding of human nature is that our, our nature is corrupt, but that free will can still operate. And so once presented with the gospel, we can make a choice or reject the gospel. Um, the Augustinian view of human nature, which is the one that we would hold to, is uh, that uh, all humans are born into sin and guilt because of Adam and are powerless to do good without grace
1: right so which is which is not really augustine's view that's just like the bible's it's view. just
0: yeah obviously that's... augustine system systematized it
1: yeah um yeah um i mean paul romans 6 right original sin
0: yeah yeah roman romans 6 Roman 5 romans 5 i think more than romans 6 but um all yeah all throughout that right. right digs oh into yes romans 5 romans yep. 5 12 i think is the specific verse yep. um right uh and let me, let me just go ahead and, and pull that up, and we'll we'll talk about it. Um, Romans five uh, twelve. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because we all sinned, uh, because all sinned. Uh, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one to come. Um, but the free gift is not like the trespass for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ abounded for many. Um, yep. So, and he, he goes on to repeat that several times, uh, in different ways. Um, but right. So, uh, this is what, uh, is called federal headship. So Adam was our representative, um, the representative of humanity, um we were you know as as humanity given a trial um right a a test in the garden um obey me and live right that's what god said right like uh, obey me and you know i will you know give you these blessings blessings um and blessings blessings and uh disobey me and you will get this curse um right just just like any covenant in in all of uh, scripture Um, And then Adam and Eve chose to disobey that. And because Adam was the federal head of humanity and of his relationship, uh, of his marriage, right? So he was the the person who was ultimately responsible for Eve having been tempted and um, and, and, uh, uh, giving into that sin, right? Because there was a couple of things going on there. One, he should have been uh, watching uh, the garden. Uh, to make sure that the serpent didn't get in the garden and he failed that duty. And then also, you know, he should have made sure that he didn't like he, he knew he he that he didn't let his wife uh, do that. Um by making sure that he like I'm trying to think of a way to phrase that uh what I mean to say by what I'm saying right he, now. He should
1: have been protecting his wife. Exactly.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's what I meant to say. Um yeah, and so he failed in those duties, and thus he – and he also, you're right, ate the, the, the tree of the garden. Um,
1: yeah, and so here's something to, to say is that um, uh, the Bible is very clear that it says, I think in either First Timothy or Second Timothy, it, uh, you Google this after I say it, but uh, that Eve was the first to sin. Mm-hmm. But everybody says that original sin came from Adam. And that idea is because Eve was the first person to eat of, yep. of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. But Adam was responsible because he was the federal head of Eve because Eve was taken from Adam yeah, and, and Adam was supposed to be protecting and taking care of Eve. And mm-hmm. so he is held responsible and he is now our federal head as, as the, uh,
0: Father of all of us, yeah, as a representative of humanity, yeah. Um, and so right, like because because of that, uh, that test, um, that was failed. Thus, all humanity is in sin now, right? We have a sin nature. We are fallen, um, completely and utterly, utterly right, total depravity. We have an inability to do what pleases God. Um, even our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. That's um, Isaiah
1: sixty four six, and we have an inability to please God is in Romans eight. Yep.
0: Um, and so. Right. Something needs to change. And that's where Romans five continues on and says that Jesus as the second Adam, right, as the new federal head of a new people, um, changes that paradigm. Right. Makes us uh, into new people Um, so that once when we were being represented by Adam, we could only expect death and sin. Now being represented by Christ. Right. His people being represented by Christ um, can can expect to be redeemed, can expect to be renewed um, and to expect life and righteousness. Um and uh, I know we, we, we talked I think a lot about this sort of anthropo- anthropological paradigm uh in our soteriolo- soteri- soteriology episode we're saying a lot of words that are big words. Um we talked a lot about that, right? We talked about a lot about um why humans are enable. Um, why we need to become a new creation, how that process works. So we don't really need to go into too much detail on there. But are there any thoughts from either of you um, on the image of God and our sin nature and any of those things? Still,
2: um, I mean, just to speak briefly to the image of God and the fact that we are creative people, yeah, and yeah. like, because that's largely what this podcast is about. It's about being children of God while being artists. Um, and like Connor said, children of God is not the same as being made in the image of God. But especially as Christians, as children of God, we should be taking the image of God even more seriously. And and so we should be taking the art that we create very seriously. Um, and I, I've always thought that it's like so interesting and amazing that we're created in the image of this like infinite creative perfect being and so we have this power to create things that actually like have an impact on things um and obviously all of that is ordained by god but um it's like it's extremely inspiring and i used to um i don't post on it very often anymore but i used to have an art account called maintenance his image art now it's Imago Day hey, I'm more... because I was like, hey, Latin's cooler. Um,
1: <laughs> it's true. true. Or made in the image of God puns.
2: <laughs> um, um, and I don't post on it that often anymore, but uh, I still have it. Um, but that was something that I like to emphasize a lot because as an artist, that like that verse, especially Genesis 127 was like a huge inspiration for me because it was like, wow, I'm made in the image of this creative being, this creative God. And that's why I am able to create things.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've linked uh, the Twitter and the Instagram for
1: those in chat. So something that, sorry, something that Todd Frio recently brought up, but I was listening to him. He uh, said that, uh, blasphemy is actually not just using god's name specifically in vain but the fact that i call myself a child of god and then i go out and sin or even act in a way that's not representing christ then i'm blaspheming i'm misrepresenting the name of god by claiming to be a christian and not representing myself as i should so i thought that was interesting too of people made in the image of god They have an intrinsic, you're you're supposed to glorify God with what you do. You're made in the image of God to glorify him and to honor him and to to praise him. And yet you use those, you use your, your, you as an image bearer, use your time and effort and breath to curse God and to sin against him instead. And that adds to the weight of total depravity and no one is good we are enemies of god and the only reason god is even allowing us to live is because of the sacrifice of jesus christ on the cross absolutely yeah
2: my pastor <laughs> a couple weeks ago did uh, a whole sermon on the md between god and man and mm. it was such a good sermon um but he was basically saying, like, like one of the things he said was, ah, um, um, oh yes, I remember it now. Um, <laughs> it was if if you think that you don't have enmity between God, it's because you're not viewing God as the God of Scripture. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people have their own gods that they worship. And they don't think that they have any enmity with that God because that God allows them to do whatever they want and just Mm -hmm. wants them to be happy. But um, our God is the God of Scripture, and that's not how he's portrayed in Scripture. And so we see that enmity very clearly in Scripture.
0: (laughs) Hey, thanks so much, Joey1403, for the subscription. Appreciate it.
1: We tip our hats to you. Yeah. (laughs) That's a verbial hat. Wait. Wait. No, don't do that.
2: I'm <laughs> No. <laughs> that wasn't worth it.
1: <laughs> Unnecessary. Where were we at? Oh, I was going to ask you. Does it feel good to say my pastor?
2: Yes. Very.
1: That's
0: good. That's good. Uh, yeah, my good friend, highly ironic in chat, said, uh, "Correct on the third commandment. It's not about saying God's name vainly. It means not taking, i.e., bearing or carrying His name in a vain manner." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which would include like using His name as a curse word, but like right. also much more than yeah.
2: that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So one thing that I really wanted to talk about when we talk about Christian anthropology, right, a right view of humans and human nature, um, that really kind of annoys me about our current evangelical paradigm and I like the word paradigm, so I'm just gonna keep saying it, um, okay yeah, (laughs) good word yeah, it is, It's it's a very succinct word to like describe what I mean, uh, is this idea of, um, what is the relationship between the body and the soul and, um, I think especially recently um, we American Christianity specifically has had this weird pseudo-gnostic view of the body and the soul Um, so right Gnosticism believes um, this is like a a Greek philosophy um, that eventually got turned into a weird like proto uh, Christian belief Um, not proto-Christian but like pseudo-Christian belief um, basically they believe that the body and the soul are at, at at odds with each other and separate. So, right, the body can only ever be evil, and the the spirit is only ever good. And the spirit escapes the material world and goes to the spirit world, and everything's happy and fine now. Um, but that's not a Christian anthropology, right? We are, are, though obviously we have a body and a soul that are, different things right they are intricately linked and they're harmonic Mm -hmm. they 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 harmonize together um you you are you are your body and you are your soul you are not um a spirit trapped inside a flesh prison you are your body and you are your soul um you could not transplant your soul into another body that's not how that would work you are your body and your soul at the same time um and this is really important because um especially in eschatological circles um, we have this weird view where people will just say, right, like, um, I can't wait to go to heaven when I die. Um, but that in and of itself is just not how the afterlife works. That's not that's not where, where we're going. We're going to the presence of God, yes, which is heaven. In, in that, that's, that's the word that we use. We're going to be in the presence of God. Our spirits are going to be in the presence of God when our spirits leave our bodies, when we die physically. But they will only remain in in this spirit-only state until God, Jesus comes back to end history and create a new heavens and a new earth, right? Consummate his, his work on earth and um, renew it, redeem earth. And then we're going to have new glorified bodies and we're going to live on earth forever. Um, It's Gnostic to say otherwise, right? So we we don't want, we want to stray as far away as possible from a Gnostic view of the body and the soul because um, it, it creates this weird dichotomy that. Makes any physical um striving or any physical endeavor meaningless or pointless um and we, we get you get into this mindset as a Christian that all right my entire life is just going to be all right everything's going to be better when I'm gone from this world this world is evil and it's just going to be always evil and I'm going to leave it and I'm never going to come back that's not true that's not what eschatology tells us um that's not what the Bible tells us um about our our future state um We need to get away, far, 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 far away from this view that we're going to go into the spiritual dimension called heaven and live there forever with God. That's not what's going to happen. We're going to live on a glorified earth in glorified bodies with a glorified Savior. And all of those things are going to be physical. Jesus is still a physical person right now. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he has a glorified physical body. And he will have a glorified physical body when he returns to claim uh, the earth finally and completely. Um, and so we have to have a very uh, – it's important to have that distinction in our anthropology that um, we are not Greek uh, thinkers in in viewing this like at odds body and soul that can never be harmonized um, and that are destined to be separated. Um, that's not true. right? Obviously, we have – and we talked about this a lot in our sorteriology episodes – um, obviously, um, in our fallen state, right, as, as people without Christ, we have a, um, a spiritually dead spirit and a physically dying body. Um, and when we are saved, when we are born again, we have a, a renewed spirit, right? A new spirit where we are, we are uh, have a new heart placed within us. The heart of stone has been taken out, but we still have a physically dying body. Um, and so that's why in Romans 7 we have this war between the desires of our flesh and the old man and the desires of our, our new spirit and our new man. It's because our, our body and our spirit aren't harmonized yet. They aren't in tune with each other. Um, there's still a presence of sin in our physical bodies, and we're still around sin, right, even though the power of sin has been broken over us. Um, but when we physically die and then are raised to life with Christ – That's when we'll be completely separated from sin, not from our bodies. We'll have a glorified new body without sin, but it will still be a physical body. We will still have physical sensations. We will still eat things. We will still work. We will still do all of those things. There's no reason for us to believe otherwise because Jesus did all of those things when he resurrected. Um, When he was in his glorified body, he walked around. He talked to people. um, He ate fish. He did all of those things. There's no reason for us to believe otherwise. So it's a little, little pet peeve of mine that I thought I'd, I'd bring up.
1: No, yeah, that's, that's definitely been something that that you have to, you have to come to grips with and and learn as you read more of of scripture, but us as American culture of Christianity, we have all these weird ideas. And so you have to, you have to relearn things when you read your Bible, when Mm -hmm. you actually read your Bible and don't let your mind auto-correct things that you think you already know to actually read the Bible, to learn, not to affirm what you already know. Yes. And so, um, so actually when you're talking about that, especially the, uh, the flesh is always evil and the spirit is always good. Um, I was talking with uh, a lady at a restaurant last night. Um, and she kept saying things like, uh, that, that she kept, she kept saying all these weird theological implications and so after everybody else left, I wanted to stay and, and just and just talk with her and ask her questions because one of the main things she said was that, uh, that she was learning in this in this quote-unquote deliverance class. I'm not sure exactly what that means, um, but she said that uh, some like when because you don't want to follow yourself, you don't want to follow yourself. She said that that you don't follow yourself, that's bad, but you do want to follow the spirit. And so if the spirit is, 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 if you feel like the spirit is telling you to do something, then you should do it kind of a thing. And so I just asked her, like, how do you differentiate if it's you or if it's the spirit or a spirit or, or whatever that means? And she, she equated it to feelings. And so one of the verses that you have to get into when you talk about anthropology, you talk about where man is in relation to God. Is Jeremiah seventeen nine, 9, for the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can understand it. And I presented that verse to her and I also presented in 1 John 4 where it says we need to test every spirit and um, to make sure that it is from God. And I said, so we test everything according to the Bible. We test everything according to what we know God has said. And it was a very interesting conversation that goes along to say with that whole idea that your flesh is evil apart from God in the sense that your heart is deceitful and the only thing you want to do is evil but there are demons (laughs) and that's something we have to understand and how do you know that your feelings are because of the Holy Spirit or they're simply because of your sinful desires to do what is evil you don't know you don't know these things unless you test every spirit according to what the Bible says. And then you don't even need a feeling of the spirit. All you need is what the Bible says. And just go with that. In Second Timothy three sixteen and 17, the word of God is sufficient. The word of God is sufficient for all scripture is God breathed and useful and profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for reproof, for training and righteousness of so the man of God may be complete. Equipped for every good work. That, complete... that means you
0: don't need anything else but scripture yes yeah
1: it is it is sufficient to to guide us in our lives and that's that's so important when you talk about anthropology is even me as a christian i sin i am evil and it's and it's it's kind of fun to tell people that when the people are like ah oh, you're such a good christian kid and i'm like I am evil. <laughs> and they're just, they don't know how to respond to that. They just kind of ignore it because it's oh, you know, he has to say that, you know, but it's like, no, like I am evil. And you have to understand that, that I'm not good. I'm not better than you people. I've been saved. I've been changed by God, but I am, I am still evil. I want to do the things of God because of the Holy spirit, but me, I'm not a good person. And that, that has to be an essential thing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, any separate. righteousness that I do have is from Christ, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thought that was important. I thought, thought that's kind of interesting that I had that conversation with a person literally last night that was basically what we talked about.
0: Yeah. Cool. Any anything else uh in the anthropological sphere that we have thoughts on?
1: Um I would say for further study, obviously, Jeremiah 17, 9, um, 1 Corinthians two fourteen says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The only reason we know things is because God has revealed that truth to us. And uh, also Ephesians 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And were by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And that brings you back to what uh, Ray Comfort always says when he's talking to people is, no, you're not a good person. You're like the rest of us. No, and it's that's yeah, so... Yeah. It's so important. It's, to get it's back
0: disarming to it. too. I mean, you yeah. say it like that, yeah.
1: <laughs> I um, part of part of the beginning of this podcast was me listening to a lot of Emery. You guys remember that? And like the second episode, we were talking about. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 Um, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. the the song I never got to see the West Coast. Classic Christian yep. artist uh, <laughs> throwback, right yeah. there. So one of the things that that still really resonates with me, and I I hope I hope that the Bad Christian podcast sticks true to this. But I kind of fell off of listening to them. Well, I, I barely listened to them anyway. I think I listened to one episode. Um, I think I read more of their articles, but just their theology was just super wonky on on like secondary issues. So I was just like, okay, we'll just leave them be. But but there's a there it's still in my in my in my mind, I'm kind of like they they could definitely be saved because their entire premise is bad Christian, good savior. And that's that's so important um, to to get people to understand. That's so important for us to understand. Is that that is the basis for all truth in the Bible? Is that man is evil and that God is good, and and that's that's like the fundamental thing. And and I think that's that's the most essential thing to get when you're evangelizing. Is because when you say, yeah. Yeah, I'm evil. Let's talk about that. Because people people love to be edgy. People love to, <laughs> to you know, yeah. be able to say things that the, the society says they can't talk about. People love to do that. And so to get them to talk about sin is actually pretty easy. And, and it's very helpful. But then you can be like, look, this is something that you do. That, that's bad. Don't you understand that? And appeal to their God-given conscience and to convict them of their sin. That's so, so important. And then to point to the good Savior that will change you, not only save you from your sin, but will also change you, give you the Holy Spirit, and that will affect your life. And I think that's where Bad Christian, um, like the, the podcast and like whatever you would call them, like the organization, I suppose, that's where I think they might fall off the, the, you know, gospel train is that God changes people, and I don't, I don't think that they really believe that. But some of the things that they that they hold to is very much um, supportive of that idea that that you know we can kind of do whatever we want, um, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is you're evil, God is good, and if God is, if, and if God is going to save you, He's also going to change you. Like that's the most simple, basic thing that we need to get across to this American generation because everybody knows that Jesus died for sin. Everybody knows that. And that's a big problem, actually, because now everybody thinks that everybody's good and that that's not what Jesus did on the cross. He paid for sin. He didn't remove evil. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously just Romans 3. (laughs) And then I was a Isaiah 64 6, you mentioned that. And then Romans 8 7, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, mm-hmm. for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And just the whole chapter of Romans 8 as well talks a lot about the difference between flesh and spirit. And um, once again, though, to emphasize that not all things that you feel by the spirit or whatever is evil or I mean, is good because there are demons and there is still your sinful heart there's still your sinful flesh that you war against like it says in romans 7 so you know these are all things to be aware of
0: one thing that comes to mind for me um in terms of anthropology and we're talking about the image of god and why it's important is um it's the basis for all of god's law um the reason why we don't the reason why we follow the commandments is because God has made humankind with intrinsic value and worth based upon his character, based upon his attributes, right? So the reason why we we um, are commanded to love God is because he's God. The reason we're commanded to love our neighbors is because they're like God in in that sense, right? They're created in the image of God and are thus worthy of respect um, and love. And so, right, like the reason why... Um, God's law is important, and and uh, the commandments that He's given to us um, to follow. Um, and the reason why uh, He says, or Paul says in um, Romans, that love is the fulfillment of the law, is that God has provided the law for us as a tool in which, uh, as a guy, as guidelines to help love people better, to love the people created in God's image in the way that they are meant to be loved. Um, right? So this ephemeral kind of surreal idea of love that we have in our uh modern evangelical culture and american culture at large is um so vague and we can't ever love tr- people truly um if that's our standard because we just get to make it up um but god has graciously provided us with the guidelines for how to love people the best um yeah. and so was it's just all based listening. on the image of god
1: I was just listening to a podcast that Stacy from from work suggested mm-hmm. to me, and uh, it was it was actually really good. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Um, and they talked a lot about, you know, we have to understand that man is evil and needs to be reconciled to God, but they're enemies of God, and that's why Jesus Christ is so important. Um, one of the things they are talking about is the different words for love, and and you know, do I do I love pizza, the same way that I love my husband, like like, uh, the, you know, that doesn't compute. And uh, that's what they were talking about. And uh, it, it, like, we need to go back to biblical definitions of those things, even to the point where, where, you know, if we just started using Greek words to define our (laughs) love better, I mean, that would be great, you know, Um, so that, so that people aren't confused by what love biblically means. And if we're going around saying, you know, we love people, that, we have to define that because people have so many different ideas and that's really important to, to remember and understand, especially when you're trying to witness to somebody is what do they think when we say we love you, you know, and that's, that's really important to, to be able to define those things biblically. And uh, she said, well, the, the lady who, who does the podcast, she said, I think I would have done well as a Greek because I, I, I like to, to, you know, have different, different words. I feel like I need different words to, to, to say different things. And, you know, having three different, or I think it's four actually, different words for love in, in the Bible and Greek is, is you know, really important. Um, and another one of the things that they, that they uh, didn't talk about, though, that I was hoping they would, is the difference between how we love different people. That's different. We don't agape love everybody. We don't love everybody in the same way. We love unbelievers with a love of, hey, we want you to be saved. We're going to preach the gospel to you, and we're going to walk through life with you. But we want you to be saved. We want you to be changed. That's 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 what we want to do. And we're never going to not preach the gospel to you. We're never not not going to point you to Christ, and unless uh, you know you have rejected the gospel and don't want anything to do with it, and then we'll leave you alone, kind of a thing. But other than that, you know, we're going to keep. We're going to keep trying because that's the loving, most loving thing that we could do to somebody. Um, But we love Christians in a different way, to the point where uh, Galatians 6 says, "Do good to everyone, but especially those of the household of faith." Mm -hmm. That we treat Christians differently. Um, At 1 Corinthians 5, what do I have to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church that I am to judge? God judges those on the outside, and that's what we do when we preach the gospel to people. We preach to a lot of people as we say hey, this is what God's law says. You are, you wouldn't, we're, not, we're not out here condemning you. You are condemned already, like John 3 says. Um, and so that's, that's how we preach the gospel to people. But for people inside the church, we are to judge them according to what the word of God says. That's, that's important. And that's how we keep Christians accountable. That's how we love Christians. And there has to be that difference or else our idea of love is very skewed, very simple, and it is kind of vague and feelings based is we just love everybody the same. And that's that's not what God calls us to do. God calls us to love people differently. God, God calls us to, to treat different situations with, with different solutions, to have wisdom of and discernment of how to react to each person in each situation. And that has to be something that we we understand as well with, with anthropology is not every person is the same. Every person is a unique human being. And that comes into play as well. But I would say there are two kinds of people, saved and unsaved. There are two races, saved and unsaved. And we treat them differently, both loving, but different kinds of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carly, you have any other thoughts?
2: Um, I was... I have a thought that could segue into what Connor wanted to talk about. We're do done it. talking about anything else. Okay.
1: Oh, I, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, do it.
2: Um, well, Caleb was talking about, um, you know, the law of God and the 10 commandments, which Jesus sums up in two commandments, which is love God and love neighbor. And you often hear, um, especially reformed Christians, but Christians and just pro-lifers in general talking about, um, well, not pro-lifers again. Like I guess in general, but pro-life Christians, especially reformed pro-life Christians, um, you hear them saying <laughs> very like,
1: specific people.
2: <laughs> yeah, but like you hear them saying, like abortion is wrong because you're killing image bearers of God, mm-hmm. and it's true. And um, and that's because it violates those commandments of loving God and loving neighbor. Because you're not loving God if you're killing people that He's made. And you're not loving neighbor by killing your neighbor. So yeah. like you're breaking the commandments in that one act. And like that's why Christians are so outraged by it, because it's not it's not love in any way or shape or form. And um and it's like it's destroying the image of God, which is extremely forbidden.
1: Yeah, so so this is just something that that that's been uh you know been talked a lot in our household recently and stuff like that uh, with the unplanned movie that came out and then also tomorrow uh there's a vote for wisconsin um what was it supreme court justices it? supreme court supreme court and mm-hmm. uh, from wisconsin and so um you know somebody shared something about you know vote for this pro-lifer and not for this pro-choicer and we just emphasize the fact that The people in the pro-life political movement are not concerned about ending abortion. They're concerned about limiting abortion, but only so they can get votes or only so that they can get money. And so we need to be very, very critical of this whole idea because babies are being murdered. And instead of going to, okay, how, how can we fix this according to America? How does America say we can fix this? Let's go to what the word of God says of how we can fix this. And let's preach the gospel to people and let's call people to repentance and say, Hey, this is murder. I'm not, I'm not saying you're a murderer. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says you're a murderer. And I stand on that authority and, and, and coming at it with that, that mindset and to call people to repentance. And this is just, this is uh, something that Apologia Studios and Apologia Church deals with is that they have to tell people, look, what is their motivation? And what is their solution? You know, how many times have we tried to vote pro-life? What has changed? You know, how many babies has been, have been saved from this? Is it even quantifiable? And uh, you know, they go out and preach the gospel to uh, women who are trying to abort their babies and they've saved over a hundred babies just in their own local place. And they have provided resources for people all over America to do this at their Planned Parenthoods as well, and their abortion clinics as well. And so this has been an insane movement of God. And actually not even just in America, there are people from other countries that are trying to end abortion in their country, not by voting, not by voting pro-life, but by preaching the gospel and choosing the solution that God gives, not the solution that America gives. Not the solution that the American church thinks is right. But the solution that God gives in the Bible. Um, and so even if, even if we do, you know, make, make all these, these pro-life laws and, and, and um, abortion, right. I mean, that would be great. I mean, praise God, that would be great. But then all of those people die and go to hell. And so yeah. we're still back to square one. Yeah. And so, we, we have to keep our eyes focused on the actual goal of of what we need to be doing, and that is to preach the gospel, to change mm-hmm. hearts, to see that people are saved. And so we don't need to concern ourselves with, with voting pro-life because actually what we're doing when we're voting pro-life is putting people in power who are going to make more laws mm-hmm. that make it uh, – Make in some a ways abortion.
0: harder to abolish abortion. In, 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 abolish some, ways, in yeah. some
1: ways harder to abolish abortion. What they're doing yeah. is they're making laws that say you can kill your baby up until this point instead of this yep. point. And that's just creating another law that then has to be abolished mm-hmm. yep. before abortion officially becomes illegal.
0: Right. And so the issue we have right now is right with the Republican Party is they have become they they are the pro life party, but if they didn't have that, they wouldn't be able to Get voted in right and so they have to keep
1: abortion legal they have
0: because they won't that they they won't be able to uh get votes if they don't have that platform to run on yeah um right and so it's a never-ending cycle of political power struggles yeah
1: if we're talking about anthropology and total depravity politicians are evil just like (laughs) the rest of mankind yes yeah so the only thing that's gonna change.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, man is so depraved that none of our pro-life arguments or any of the laws that we try to make are even going to really make a dent in the issue if people don't hear the gospel and aren't yeah. changed by God first.
0: And see, that's, that's the important thing, right? It's not that any of these things aren't important. It's that we're starting at the wrong side of the field, right? We have to start with the gospel – um, convert people to the gospel, start to change hearts, change our culture by changing people's hearts and, and bringing them to Jesus. And then these things will happen naturally. People will look at the horrors of abortion and will want to change it just because they're Christians now. Yeah. And and yeah. so we have to start with um the first thing, and that is changing people's hearts with the gospel <coughs> so that then... They realize, oh, well, yeah, maybe we should follow the commandments. Maybe we should follow God's law. Maybe we should change our culture. And then those things will just happen as Christians go out into the world and live their lives.
1: Uh, another thing that I've been just just thinking about in terms of calling women who are about to murder their children to repentance is, you know, that can seem mean. That can seem seem harsh. That can seem the unloving way of doing things. But yet again, we have to define our terms biblically. But let's just think about this for a minute. Is God is real, God is true, and if people die in their sins, they're going to hell, and the only way they can be saved is that they repent of their sins and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ because they hear the call, call of the gospel, and I just, I can't imagine me calling a woman who's about to murder their child to repentance, and her dying and going to hell, and thinking, wow, like, like, I, I would have to say that she would, she would, she would, uh, you know, be thinking, wow, if only I would have listened, if only I would have listened and not done this. There, there's not going to be anybody who, who, uh, or, or there, there will be people who die and go to hell and think, wow, I wish somebody would have called me to repentance. Which somebody would have said, Hey, what you're doing is wrong and had the guts to to call me out. Because we think about that, we think about that just in terms of any other sin of uh, especially as Christians, as we love to be called on our sin because you know, we hate our sin. But you even think about people who are not Christians and they think, Wow, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that you you warned me of this, because if God is real and hell is real, then I'm in big trouble. You do that with any sin and and they appreciate that. The problem is, is that people who want to murder their children, it's such a sensitive issue because we haven't done a good job of calling it what it is. And the voice of, of America has had such a greater voice, such a bigger voice in, in making it such a sensitive emotional issue. Now we have these these huge problems, these, these huge uh, you know bounds that we have to leap over. But at the end of the day, if somebody dies and goes to hell, what is, what is their reaction going to be as to whether you called them to repentance or not? because that's what we have to think about. It's not about what their immediate reaction is going to be, because if we're doing things biblically, the, someone's immediate reaction is irrelevant. We're, we're doing things biblically because we want to give people a, a call to repentance and to, to, to let them hear a, a call to repentance to be convicted of their sin. I say that's the most loving thing we could do for anybody so that has to be the the mindset that we go into this with that is it's going to be hard and people are going to think we're the most hateful people on the planet but we know we're not there to please man we're there to please god and let god be true and every man a liar
0: absolutely any other last thoughts on anthropology or i guess <laughs> any other random tangent that we want to throw in the last second <laughs> how about that how about
1: that post-mill no i'm just kidding yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> i mean uh anthropology and post-millennialism i'm sure there's things you could talk about there um you did i can't
2: yes but I we'll can't. have a you whole did. episode on it later
0: oh Jill, i guess i guess yeah 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 i guess i yeah, talked about that
2: you did there. very much yeah. talk
0: about that i already talked about that <laughs> never mind we didn't have
1: a rant on the government yet oh oh no we just did wow we did yeah we're, we
0: covered <laughs> wow. all of our bases wow
1: that's crazy
0: all right well there we go uh so you can find us at uh on twitter at christ underscore art underscore show at facebook at facebook.com slash christian artist show and at our website at Christian artist show dot com. um we're gonna be back with the season finale of terra nullius this thursday whoa season finale of season three um i'm really excited about Dang. it it's gonna be great the D show we run on thursdays um with uh, a different crew than this and these two um and then Ano Domini is gonna be back next week. Um, unfortunately we can't can't do this Friday. Um, Only but I'm excited.
2: Moscow, Idaho.
0: Oh, that's where you're gonna be. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh,
2: I'll be listening to Doug Wilson. Sweet. Talk about cool. keeping your kids. <laughs> cool. Cool. And oh. touring NSA. So that's nice. cool. Nice.
0: Uh, but yeah, so uh, we'll be back with that and uh, <laughs> next week. Or are we? We're, we're we're good for Monday. Yeah. Are you gonna be back by then? Okay.
1: Uh yeah we'll, we'll be, be back, back
0: Saturday night. Cool. Uh we'll
1: be so back. So when, when are you leaving Monday. then?
2: Uh Thursday.
1: You're leaving Thursday and coming back Saturday night. Yeah. You're going. It's to like
2: all- a six hour drive.
1: Oh okay okay gotcha yeah. You're going to Russia Idaho.
2: <laughs> no. Russia <laughs>
1: Idaho. Oh <my> gosh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: That's not how that works.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't think we have anything more to say. Um, but we'll be back next Monday with, um, I don't know, something else. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Uh, but <laughs> another sure one we'll of theologies. I'm sure yeah. um, we'll figure. We it out. Will,
1: might not have a cold opening.
0: I don't know. Yeah, we we've been thinking about it. We just can't come up with anything. Uh, we sit here for ten minutes and then just don't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe what we should do is as soon as. We start thinking about the topic. I'll start like looking at. We cold said opens. that last week. Um, yep. <laughs> Maybe we should like designate someone as the cold yeah, open. Yeah, we should do that. Person and they are responsible for getting the cold opens every time. It shouldn't be me because I usually get the outlines. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I think that's a, f- uh, a. I think that's it from us here at the Christian Arts. So y'all have a great week and uh, see. You.